Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at audibletrial.com slash the movie wave. Over 85,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. Sí. Hey, hello. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with Hathaway here. No, no, no. This is fucking great, man. Fucking great. You know what? It's cheaper to get a man to sit on the light stand than buy a sandbag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, two fucking dollars a day and they feel like kings. <laughs> now nah, you can throw in some some water pumps and, and give them some old trucks when you're done and listo. Two hundred fucking extras. <laughs> okay. Okay, keep in touch. Bye. Daniel, tío, vamos a hacer una peli espectacular. Ya verás. This is fucking great, man. Fucking great, man. It's time to dive in the dirty waters of film criticism. Tricycle Radio presents The Movie Wave with Sergio Calvo. Hello and welcome to episode 14 of The Movie Wave. I am Sergio Calvo, motion arts editor of Tricycle Magazine. And joining the show today, we have uh, film critic Susanna Marchant. Hello there. And uh, film and television critic Mark Granger. Hello. <laughs> and uh, today we're going to be talking about Ithir Boyain's uh, Even the Rain. But we, before we get there, uh, what have you guys been watching? Well, that's his go first, as always. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I haven't seen anything new. I only went back to my old favorite in Bruges. Which I already oh, seen. Oh, like, I love this film. I know I've already seen it like six or seven times, but I like to go back to it sometimes. Um, I I don't I just I love it I love it. Um, so, I've when recently, it came out, sorry. So I was gonna say I've recently met a Belgian who doesn't care for it that much. <laughs> <laughs> From around that area, and uh, she's not too fond of the depiction. Oh no. What, what's wrong with the depiction? It's all romantic, like it's a, like it's a dream. Yeah, but they do tend to take the piss out of it quite a bit. <laughs> I think she might have taken a shoe. Well, I've, I've been in Bruges, and uh, it, it was a beautiful place. Uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't see any gangsters or anything like that. But no. It was a nice place, a nice place. I recommend it. I mean, you know, I suppose, I mean, you just have to take a joke. I mean, just because the first words of the film are, Bruges is a shithole. You know, that doesn't, that doesn't actually make the place a shithole. What is it you've done, Raymond? Murder, father. Why did you murder someone, Raymond? For money. Who did you murder for money, Raymond? You, father. After I killed them, I walked home to await instructions. Get to Bruges. 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 Where's that? It's in Belgium. For two weeks. In Bruges, in a room like this, with you? No way. Been to the top of the tower? Guidebook says it's a must-see. Well, you ain't going up there. Why? It's all windy stairs. I'm not being funny. What exactly are you trying to say? They're a bunch of elephants. Mr. Blakey? Yes? You have a message. Number one, why aren't you in when I told you to be in? You better be in when I call again, or there'll be now to pay up. I'm telling you. He swears a lot, doesn't he? I, don't, I love it, and, and it 
kind of um, showed another side to Colin Farrell because you usually see him in other types of roles, and and this this one actually showed that he can play something else. You know? Yeah, yeah. Before in Bruce, I only actually liked him in one of the film. Um, everything else, I didn't really care for him in. But yeah, in Bruce exactly. is what was it that yeah. you liked him in? Uh, it was Phone Booth. Um, oh with yeah. With Keith Sutherland. Because mm. that was just like an hour's film, but it was really intense. And I thought he did it really well. Um, and then in Bruce was the only other thing I really liked him in. Just uh, mm. because it is so different, as you say. It is. It is. It's just a kind of humor. It's a very, very dark humor as well. But uh, if you've seen, if you've seen the guard, have you guys seen the guard? I haven't. I've heard about it though. It's uh, Brendan Gleeson. It's Brendan Gleeson. So it's he's he's playing a very different character this time. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, no, maybe not that different because it's a negative negative character. It's a bit uh, in in this one. I think it's in in, in Bruce is the more the the more positive one, considering he's a gangster. Uh, <laughs> but in in. Uh, in the guard, he's just a very rude, very uh, incorrect, uh, very, very Irish uh, policeman. Uh, the, the, it's, it's the same kind of humor, and uh, it's actually the brother of the director of the Bruce who directed uh-huh. the guard. So it's 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 quite a funny film. I really recommend it. We'll have to look okay. into that. Sounds good. Might, yeah, might. Yeah, Gleason is definitely definitely brilliant in that. I mean, everybody in that film was really good. It's hard. It, it was hard for me to find anything about that film that I didn't like. But it was really. I mean, and the acting. Because sometimes you get, you know, somebody who just kind of manages to ruin things a little bit or mm. something like that. Every everything seemed so just right. It's, I love, it happens I love how rarely. Hmm? I love how sudden some of the best bits are. Um, <laughs> this is like unexpected, like uh, where he shoots a guy with the blanks. The guy. Yes. Like, <laughs> just in the bit in the restaurant and all sorts. It's, mm-hmm. it's 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 always really unexpected, but you can also kind of see just little bits of it building up with Colin Farrell. That's that's what he does really well. Is that nervy energy? Mm, yes. Oh, definitely. This kind of weird childlike person who is at the same time a killer. It it just doesn't work, but at the same time it works. You know. So he can catch you off guard. First, he's being childish, and then suddenly he can actually take care of himself. And but I think and the character played by Ralph Fiennes, he, he he's a bit childish as well. Uh, In some way, well, there is uh, elements, I suppose. Like, he's he's very unstable, isn't he? Yeah, and unpredictable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe that's yeah. I, I love I love the idea that he actually just thought it was a really nice place to send Colin Farrell. He's <laughs> just about it constantly. He just goes, "Well, it's a fairy tale village. It's lovely." <laughs> Give him some, some something nice. Give him a few nice days before he dies. Yes, sir. that was definitely. Give me some ice cream. I, I love that film. Oh yeah, I love that film. It's really one of my favorites. And the other thing I I did because I mean you know I love sci-fi. I I went back to iRobot. <laughs> Homicide, Spooner. We're gonna miss the good old days. One good old days. When people were killed by other people. My robots don't kill people. That thing threw somebody out of a window. Is that registering with you? A robot cannot harm a human being. The first law of robotics. Yeah, I know. The three laws. You're a perfect circle of protection. 
right. How uh, did it, how did it, it fare? Isaac, Isamov, no, Isaac, uh, Isaac what? Who was the guy who wrote the, the book? It was, it, was, it was Isaac Asimov. Yeah. Isaac Asimov, okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, 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 I love sci-fi, basically, no matter what. It is, and and I mean I like it. I mean Will Smith, obviously, you know, always the 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 guy who's and he's strong and mysterious and and funny and and he is the hero and he saves everybody. You know, you know, you know what to expect, obviously. Mm. <laughs> um, and but I did love the um, special effects. It was really well done. The the robots. Um, yeah, the CTA was, was very, quite Oh, it was brilliant. It was it, very well done, I thought. It does have some of the most horrible product placement ever, though. <laughs> does it really? Oh, when he's putting his shoes on, it's like, he's got a like, close-up oh, of his Converse. Oh, yeah. oh. And the, all the cars are Audis in the future. <laughs> you see, I thought maybe I just blanked those things out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it blanked out the whole film. I don't know why. I need to. <laughs> I might need to watch it again. I might not. <laughs> I'm really bad with, really bad with noticing product placement. There was um, Terminator Salvation, which was yeah. a bad film in its own right. But there's a bit where John Connor's trying to break into the Skynet factory, and he's got like a PDA made by Sony. It's like the world has ended. There's robots going around killing each other, but it's good to see Sony has still got a hand in manufacturing. <laughs> you know, product placement is it's everywhere now. Um, actually, it was Morgan Spurlock who made the film. We talked we talk about it not long ago, who made the film uh, the greatest movie ever made and ever sold. And uh, uh, he kind of exposed all this product placement. And, um, you know what? I think, right. I, I think we should, there, there, is, there is a great reaction to uh, product placement by David Lynch uh, on the internet. I think we should play the clip. This is, this is David Lynch reacting to product placement in film. There seems to be a growing trend in Hollywood now where there's a lot of prominent product placement. It's a partnership between the companies and the film. Um, the companies will put their product prominently in the film and the film will receive um, budget support as a result of advertising. How do you as a filmmaker feel about this growing trend? Bullshit. That's how I feel. Total fucking bullshit. <laughs> it's very funny. It's very funny. I don't mind if it's subtle. <laughs> if it's like somebody using a computer, fair enough, you'll have a brand that you choose or like a van driving past. But when you've just got close-up shots of a brand and a logo, there's no actual reason for it. It gets on my nerves. Yeah, no, I suppose. I mean, I, I, I block those usually. I didn't even notice until you pointed it out. Uh, but then, you know, they have to pay for those special effects somehow, I suppose. <laughs> mm. So, yeah. What about you? What have you seen? Uh, I've been going back to alternative superheroes. Um, oh, my. Since I, since I was about seven, uh, I've had a, a mild superhero obsession. Um, it's mostly centered around Spider-Man, to be honest. But, um... I've uh, been watching The Watchmen again because I, I think it's a fantastic oh. film. Um, it's, it's it's hefty, but it's such a brilliant adaptation of the book. It's incredible. Is that a Zack Snyder? Uh, it is, yeah. You don't know what it's been like being a superhero. 
this world. It's like walking through a mist. I really don't give a damn about human beings. What happened to us? We were supposed to make the world a better place. We can save this world. It's basically the, the comic panel for panel by panel and all the castings brilliant so it's just it's just got such a substantial feel to it which I didn't think people probably didn't give Zack Snyder the credits for but it was always one of those films that people would complain about it either way they would complain if it wasn't close to the book and they complained that it was too close to the book but I thought that was one of its huge strengths um, and I've also watched Super which was disturbing <laughs> So, uh, super is is that something like um, Kickass? It's 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 like Kickass, and the idea of somebody decided to put a costume on yeah. and actually fight crime. But it's yeah. uh, Kickass was very well. The, the film was a lot more flashy than the comic book was, and the comic was very tongue in cheek. But the film obviously had all stuff like jetpacks in it and that. Uh, whereas Super is very low budget. And it's just really, really harsh. Uh, the guy's basically having a breakdown because his wife's left him to run off with a drug dealer who's Kevin Bacon, who's just really smarmy and brilliant. Um, and he picks up, he ends up uh, fighting crime with a monkey wrench and just hitting people, basically just smacking people who thinks he thinks deserve it. And then he gets a sidekick in Ellen Page, who's proper, properly unstable. Uh, it's just, it's really, really harsh. <laughs> making up my own superhero he needs a weapon that'll do cool all it takes to be a superhero is the choice to fight evil shut up crime it's like a really ultra violent kick-ass people complained about kick-ass because obviously had a little girl running around with knives and it was it was lots of stabbing but super is a lot harsher than kick-ass was because it's it's not showy in the slightest. It's just him going around twatting people with a monkey wrench, basically. <laughs> <laughs> there is a, there is a similar uh, film, well, a film with a similar idea. It's called Defender, and it's got um, what's the name of the actor, um, Buddy Harrison, in it. Oh, right. And, uh, yeah, I can I can yeah. see how that would work. <laughs> He's also fighting crime, but in this case, he has uh, he has learning dif- difficulties. Let's say oh, the, the, the character. Right. But yeah, it, it was an interesting film. Also. Uh, more interesting for me it was more interesting the Kikas which I didn't really like <laughs> but we yeah, I've been to it all the time <laughs> I'll definitely recommend Super it's okay. it's, very, it's superb <laughs> yeah it, it, it's it's unhinged and brilliant for it uh, have you seen any other films? Um, not really that's, that's been what I've been focused on <laughs> at the moment <laughs> All right, I've got I've got a couple of films to talk about uh, the first one uh, is we need to talk about Kevin yeah. Oh God! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I guess you don't want to talk about Kevin. <laughs> the, and you know there is something about Kevin. We, we need to talk about it. Um, it, it starts Tilda Swinton uh, playing a mother and uh, and her nightmarish relationship with her very creepy son. Um, I, uh, for me, it worked. It works better as a horror movie. You know, it, it reminds me of films like uh, Rosemary's Baby or The Omen. That those those kind of horror films, but of course this, this is a completely different kind of film. Uh, uh, it's uh, the approach is, uh, to the genre is a bit different. It's uh, it's not that mainstream, uh, but it's a fantasy, uh, and it has it has to be because no kid in the world can be so evil, you know. Yeah, it, it, it makes you ask 
questions like uh, what was was it the mother who made this kid what he is because she actually never really uh, wanted him or is is he a monstrous monstrous uh, kid because we are seeing him through the eyes of his mother uh, who who actually despises him or end, ends up despising him uh, so it's a kind of a painful film towards uh, a bit of a torture and there is there is this uh, psychological torture of the, the the main character played by Tilda Swinton and then there is uh, the the one of the audience cheese uh, I felt a bit tortured at the end of the movie I, I thought to myself have I just been tortured for two hours but <laughs> there, there, there is some black humor though, there, which is uh, a bit of a comic uh, relief uh, at times and the, the film really stayed with me it's very rich and it uh, gave me a lot to think about and the, the actually the more I think about it the more I like it Just because you're used to something doesn't mean you like it. You're used to me. Wake up and watch TV. Get in your car and listen to the radio. And you go to your little job or your little school. But you're not going to hear about that on the six o'clock news. You know where you're spending the afterlife. I'm going straight to hell. Because nothing is really happening. I mean, it's got so bad that half the time the people on TV, they're watching TV. What are all these people watching? Like me. This, this film is based in a best uh, bestseller, a best-selling novel, uh, which I, ne- I have I haven't read. But it doesn't, See, the, it doesn't, the, I don't think that that matters because I know that like a lot of people like comparing books to movies, and it's, that's I was going to say I, I avoided the film uh, on the, the principle that it was the best-selling book because I used to work in a bookshop uh, <laughs> back in the midst of time. And it was always one of those books that's in a section called Tragic Life Stories. And <laughs> it's, it's the type of thing where people go on holiday and they go, do you, do you want to fancy reading by the pool? A book about incestuous rape, that'll do it. That'll make the days by the pool fly by. And it was always in that sort of section. And yeah. just, it really doesn't make me want to go and see a film. A, a, a nice romantic <laughs> holiday end, ended up on divorce or something. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I never got the mentality of enjoying reading about uh, suffering that's based on fact in certain cases. Um, in books with titles like Please Daddy No, just oh, don't read God. it with me. <laughs> no. well, the book sold well, mm. so well, considering it's such a you know, depressing story. Yeah, but that's yeah. because people like misery. <laughs> <laughs> but the- Do you think Hilda Swinton's going to get some awards for that? Oh, definitely. Is she the one, is she the one who looks a bit like a ginger mole? I can't quite picture. <laughs> she's, she's she's a bit ginger. Uh, I think she I think she she has a chance to win a, an Oscar this year. I think she was brilliant. I I also saw recently this film uh, I Am Love starring Tilda Swinton as well, and uh, this is actually an Italian film, and she she plays the film 
she plays in the film in in Italian, and she actually plays a Russian uh, immigrant in Italy, and so she she speaks both Russian and Italian in the film. I, she, I thought she was brilliant. I, that 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 I thought that was a better film, but uh, still we need to talk about Kevin. Was a very interesting film. But uh, there is this thing uh, with the book and the the movie. That's that's something that I, I don't really get sometimes. Like why so people get so upset when they make a, f a film and the film isn't exactly the same as the as the movie. That's something I never understood because I think a movie should should stand on its own. But uh, you know, people take these things seriously. On on that sort of note, um, a few months ago I went to see the film version of One Day. Uh, based oh, yes. on the the oh, very very successful book, um, I thoroughly enjoyed the book, and which which was surprised surprised myself by how much I enjoyed the book. But it was it was a very balanced portrayal of the relationship between the two friends over the period of years. Yeah, uh, I, I went into it thinking it's going to be like a chiclet book. It's all going to be about her. He's going to be a terrible bastard, and that's all it's going to be. But it was actually really balanced and fair. Uh, the film was only an hour and a half though, and they cut so much out of it that in the book made you care about the characters in the end it was just felt the film felt like a series of short vignettes yeah um, it has to be coherent so yeah but it, it could like it was only an hour and a half if they made it two hours two and a half hours yeah. then they could have put yeah. enough in to match the book but as it was it just sort of whipped past and i was just left a bit unfazed by it if i if i went to see the film i wouldn't have bothered buying the book it wouldn't have worked Wait. Uh, in the reverse to how it did it's important it's just that you have someone behind who knows one, what 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 kind of movie he wants to make yeah. out of the book, and it, it's not going to be the same experience. It's a completely different experience reading a book and watching a film, and uh, it, it doesn't have to be the same. And sometimes it can be just uh, you know a book can be an inspiration, the same way that uh, a song or a photograph or a painting or or even like a newspaper story can be an inspiration. But you know, so I, I, I have never heard anyone saying. It's a good movie, but I like the painting more. <laughs> so, so why, why say you know I like the film, I like the book more? Uh, it's just well, I mean, there are, I mean, obviously there are reasons. A painting is a painting, whereas a book has an actual story in which you care for people. Um, I think it might have something to do with the fact that when you when you read a book and you really love the book, you really, I mean. You know, because you immerse yourself in the story, I mean, you know, there are not that many people who read anymore, but I mean, I love books and it's just, you actually care deeply for, well, the characters if the book is good and then it becomes something treasured, you know, and then if it's turned into a film and you feel that it's not as good as the film or if it, as the book or if it, if you feel that it's somehow destroyed what you saw in the book then obviously you will feel somehow you know disappointed and angry because here was this book which was beautiful and you thought it was wonderful and and it was close to you and it was taken by a director or some other hack who didn't really know anything about this and he was trying to, to turn it into a blockbuster or uh, into something that would sell and turn something beautiful um, into just another, you know, pap for the masses, uh, which is probably the reason why so many people, you know, very often are against a film because they say, oh, it ruins the book. I think that that's what they mean by that. That's what I think, I, anyway. 
I think a lot of it's down to visualization as well. Uh, obviously, when you read the book, you see the characters react a certain way, and you picture well, everything that they say with certain mannerisms. And if the if the casting's off, it just oh, doesn't match what you yeah. think. I mean, is uh, next month is the the Hollywood version of the girl with the dragon tattoos coming out? Uh-huh. Yes. Um, and I read the book after that was announced. Um, and just reading back, Daniel Craig is the main male star in this version. And I, I, I don't see how that's going to work because the character is meant to be a bit older and a bit flabbier than Daniel Craig's like James Bond. You know, he might be a bit scruffier, but he's still James Bond. But I've got to reserve judgment because it's David Fincher. Uh, and if anyone can make that book into a, a really worthwhile film, it's him. It's just a bizarre casting choice, and that's often what ruins films. I mean, look at About yeah. a Boy. There was, there was no need for Hugh Grant to be casted About a Boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, well, Daniel Craig, uh, he could, he, I don't know, he was good in, uh, in Tintin. Uh, that's another film that I'm going to talk about, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> That's a good link there. Um, there. That's the Adventures of Tintin or uh, Tintin or Tantan or Tintin. It depends on that, what country what country you are from. Because in Spain we call it Tintin. In English you call it you call it Tintin. In French, just Tintin, yeah. It's tan- Tantan, and in Greek it's Tintin. So, <laughs> so well, basically the secret of the unicorn in 3D. And we're uh, gonna talk a little bit about the 3D because the the back the backlash for the 3D has already started. Mm. But well, you know what can I say? I, I love 3D and I love this new technology. And I think that we, we haven't even scratched the surface of what the 3D can do. That's something that I think, from my point of view, I think that needs to be explored and developed a bit a bit more. I know there are a lot of people against it, but for me, I, I think I think there is a lot of things that they, they can be done with this this new technology. And uh, this this film is pretty much Spielberg playing with the new toys with his new friend uh, Peter Jackson. And a, and a part of the 3D, it's also motion capture animation, basically. <clears throat> the film is made by scanning the performance of the actors and then reproducing uh, reproducing that as an animated uh, film. And it's a technology that I think it's still quite new and has its, has some flaws. But you know, they, they, they are try, they're trying to do something 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 exciting with this. But the animated characters, they, I think they look a bit flat and uh, they lack emotion, and particularly in the eyes. They have to do more work uh, with. The, they have to work harder with this technology. They still they it doesn't. Something doesn't look too convincing. And I still think the best um, full mocap CGI for obviously discounting Avatar because that has uh, bits of both in. I think the best full motion capture what I've seen is still um, Christmas Carol with Jim Carrey. Right. Yeah, that was, that. that was that was very well achieved. That was really. Yeah. Cool. I mean, even the eyes weren't as much of a problem in that film yeah. as, say, Polar Express. Uh, so it is coming on. I think, it, but going back to 3D, I think if 3D does have a future, it's more likely going to be in animated films because there's just so much more you can do with it than yeah. trying to film a normal film in 3D. Uh, it just... I think I think it's one of those things where people would want to see every film in 3D. I mean, the ones where it's converted afterwards are just a ridiculous waste of money. Things like the first of the last Harry Potter films, um, Deathly Hallows Part 1, where it wasn't filmed in 3D, but they converted it afterwards and stuck an extra £4 on the ticket price for something where it's basically just making a couple of bits pop out. 
There's no yeah. need for it. Yeah. If you're going to do it, do it properly. Like, say, Transformers, Dark of the Moon, was at least filmed that way. There's no point in paying extra to see a film that's being converted because that's just how they try to get more money out of it. The, fir- the first thing I saw in 3D was Beowulf. Uh, it was also Robert Zemeckis who made the mm. Christmas Carol with uh, Jim Carrey. And Beowulf, uh, I, f- I saw the first few minutes of it. Actually, I saw the first few seconds and I was wowed by it. And then, then after, after watching a few more minutes, I was like, my goodness, this is this is like th- this is the way we're going to be watching movies in, mm. uh, in, in some time. I really, I, I was really into it. But then, as you said, you know, there are people who've done good things with it and people who haven't done much with it. And it's still, it's a new technology and uh, I, I, I still have some faith in it. I think that there are cool things that can be done with it and there's still a lot uh, needs to be explored about this new technology. I, I, I have faith in it. So the first 3D film I saw was a Bolt Disney animated film about yeah. the dog with John Travolta. Uh, and that, that blew me away as well because there was just so many bits in it. But they were, they were sort of spread out the bits that made the most use of 3D. There was like a needle coming out of the screen. That's the type of thing you've got more license to do with animation than you do real life films. It looks really obvious on a real life film when somebody chucks something towards the camera. I just go, well, they've done that because they've got a fancy new 3D camera they want to test out. Whereas I think there's, there's more sort of rights to use it and use it creatively if you're doing a, a CGI or an animated film. Well, the, the CGI, well, not the CGI, the motion, motion capture animation is something that, uh, as I say, I think it's uh, it's in the eyes that doesn't work too well. Uh, and that's one of the reasons why that film, I think, left me a bit cold. Uh, I, I I do I do highlight the performance by da- Daniel Craig who plays the body in the film. It's actually in that character it it, it 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 kind of worked for me. But with all its flaws, I think there are some classic Spielberg moments in in, in this film which are uh, particularly brilliant. Like the there's a segment that takes place in Morocco that kind of reminded me a lot of the good old Indiana Jones films. But the fact that it's animated, I think it was a problem for me because there is a lack with the animation. There's always uh, in this case, there was a lack of danger. I felt like a lack of danger, like the characters uh, felt kind of invincible. And it, it, if when there is the, no risk, you cannot get involved in, emotionally and left me wishing that it was made as a straight live action film, which f- I think for me it would have been much, much better. If uh, I think it would have been a much better film. I don't know. Who would you have cast as a live action Tintin? Though? You could use the same actors. You don't need to cast uh, different mm. people. You use the same actors. And, uh, Jamie Bell's a bit old, though, isn't he, to be a, a real-life Tintin? Yeah, there is. A, Work, works there is, well as, a, as a performance with uh, motion capture, but I don't know. We have makeup. We have makeup nowadays. They they do wonders. <laughs> they do wonders with these things. Well, still, like if you were to watch a decent and uh, entertaining uh, blockbuster, I, I would recommend for people to go and see this film because uh, because after all, it was made by by the guy who created the blockbuster and who's an expert on. How to do action and how to tell a story as well. So you're gonna get some good quality in it. So I, I do recommend it. Now, it is time to talk uh, about Tricycle uh, issue number eight is coming out soon. And as always, Tricycle is a showcase of the most promising new talents in uh, arts, music, theater, and film. And you can read the digital magazine for free at tricycle.co.uk. But that's not everything. Also on the website, you can also find some bonus material, find reviews of uh, Gus Van Sant's Restless and also Darsem's Immortals by uh, Christopher Smale and uh, My Week with Marilyn by Antonio Landi. And also 
let's not forget Mark Granger's glorious TV column. Uh, totally forget that. Don't forget that. <laughs> Uh, if you want to get notified uh, about new articles, join Tricycle on Facebook at facebook.com slash tricycle and get uh, daily updates. We also recommend you to visit our podcast page at themoviewave.podbean.com where you can find our episode archive and also support our nomination for the, for the European Podcast Awards 2011 by giving us a vote. You can also find The Movie Wave at facebook.com slash themoviewave uh, join, join us and get regular updates on all the movie action there is something for everyone well, by the way guys um, people from the European Podcast Award ask us to do a promo and uh, to support our nomination uh, do, do you guys listen to it? oh yeah the one on YouTube was it? yeah yeah I did listen to it well for, for, for the listeners who haven't listened to it uh, here it is let's listen to it <laughs> in a world of endless celluloid. Three film critics embark on an adventurous journey to discover the real truth behind movies. Action. He's coming over the other side of the table, yeah. he's crouching down beside me. That's, that's my style here. Yeah, okay, okay. Style. okay, okay, we'll run with that. Shot. He has morals, even though he's an atheist. You cannot say something like that. <laughs> Entertainment. Anytime the Queen was on the screen, you had to be drinking constantly. I was the guy throwing the Molotov cocktail. Of course. <laughs> Interviews. Uhate me yao, or my Dutch is not very good. Uhate me yao. Buhate Mejiao. Buhate Mejiao. Yeah. Okay. Uh, good, thank you. Oh, good, good. Movie talk about old classics and new releases. Troll 2. Are there any trolls in the film? <laughs> there is not a single troll in the film. It's all about goblins. <laughs> I just couldn't, I couldn't really believe just how bad it was. It is hard, hard to like this film, I think. <laughs> Find them on iTunes and join them on a right of cinematic proportions. Wow, I think I should maybe check it out. No, the, <laughs> no, no in, in this life, maybe my second or third, <laughs> if I have the time. <laughs> the movie way. Uh, Osama Bin Laden is dead. <laughs> okay, there you go. Find out more at com and facebook.com slash themoviewave. It was just good fun, really. <laughs> Surf the wave if you dare. Did, 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 did you find it exciting, Susanna? Do you think it sells? Um, I quite liked it. Okay. Um, oh, I I can't. I listened to it quite a while ago. Yeah. Um, and I remember there was something about it that I wanted to ask you about, but I forgot. So. What well, there, there, there is this last bit with a fart and Osama bin Laden that doesn't make any sense, but hof- hopefully it doesn't put people off and they still vote for us. Uh, the voting actually ends the next week, the thirtieth of November. So if you haven't voted for us yet go quickly to our site and click on the link that, that we provide 
Now let's have a wee break and we'll be back talking about Spanish drama Even the Rain, también la lluvia. Por el suelo hay una compadrita que ya nadie se para mirar. Por el suelo hay una mamacita que se muere de no respetar. Pachamama te veo tan triste, Pachamama me pongo a llorar. Esperando la última ola, cuídate no te vaya a mojar. Escuchando la última rola, mamacita te invito a bailar. So if you like uh, listening to our show, but you want some more, uh, what about an audiobook? Like our podcast, uh, an audiobook can be listened on the go, on the way to work, on the bus, at the gym, in your bed. Uh, you can listen to it anywhere, basically, but as long as you do it in a safe way. So for you, the listeners of the Movie Wave, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 14-day trial to give you a chance to check out their service. Uh, on this episode, I would like to personally recommend Howard Sin's A People's History of the United States, 1942 to present. Howard Sin, a historian and an activist, first published uh, this book in 1980 and introduced uh, many readers to Christopher Columbus's uh, true legacy of enslavement and genocide and a heritage uh, central to Ithier Boyain's film Even the Rain. Approaching land, they were met by the Arawak Indians who swam out to greet them. The Arawaks lived in village communes had a developed agriculture of corn, yams, cassava. They could spin and weave, but they had no horses or work animals. They had no iron, but they wore tiny gold ornaments in their ears. This was to have enormous consequences. It led Columbus to take some of them aboard ship as prisoners because he insisted that they guide him to the source of the gold. From uh, Columbus to the Revolution to slavery, and the Civil War uh, from World War II to the election of George W. Bush and the War on Terror, a people's history of the United States is an important and necessary contribution to a complete and balanced understanding of American history. You can get our scenes, A People's History of the United States, or any other audiobook of your choice free by trying audible.com. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash themoviewave. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash themoviewave for your free audiobook. You are listening to The Movie Wave. We are back and it's time to talk about Spanish drama Even the Rain, starring Gael García Bernal and Luis Tosar, written by Paul Laverty and directed by Thier Boyain. Uh, it tells the story of a Spanish film crew who arrive in Cochabamba, in Bolivia, to make a film about the conquest of America by Christopher Columbus or, or Cristóbal Colón, just to find out that uh, 500 years later, some things 
haven't changed much. Yo, Cristóbal Colón, tomo posesión de estas tierras. Nos haremos esclavos. Alright, I know you, Mark, uh, didn't have a chance to see the film, but it's going to be just me and Susanna talking about it. Yeah, and you, yeah Mark, basically it, I cocked up with the subtitles, so <laughs> sorry about that. You, 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 you can uh, ask us questions if you want, or you know, have a coffee in the meantime, or a <laughs> cough, just uh, for, yeah. for the soundtrack of the show. <laughs> I'll have a coffee and then I'll do some coughing and then like I'll just take a rest. Put, put in Excellent. Some, put in some size somewhere. You're gonna have a laid back show here. <laughs> All right, Susanna. So, what, what do you think of even the rain? Um, I thought well, it started off promising, and and I still think it's a it's a it's a rather good it's it's a good film. But it, there were a few parts, a, a few things in it that that disappointed me a little. Um, I mean, I can totally see the this you know the Spanish imperialism through kind of stories that are five hundred years apart. I can see that you know once it was gold, now it's water. And but the thing is, you can see that quite clearly. Yet they try to hammer the point home just in case you didn't get it. Um, so I mean, the premise was really really good, and 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 I think that I mean I, I'm. I did like the film, but I thought it was a bit too hard on that point. It was just trying to 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 hammer it home a bit too much. Um, so it kind of a mix. It was a film within a film. Um, so it kind of mixed different storytelling ways with with a bit of an obviousness, which which a bit you know took away the, this any deeper discovery. I thought it was it was. Um, kind of overly obvious sometimes but it gives you much to think about at the same time so so you know so that was good um the another thing is because the film was about um well basically colonialism in many ways um using the people who that using the dispossessed and um, um at the same time Basically, it kind of talked about the film industry and the practices um, that you know they continue to use uh, in the unequal world, and and so I mean I don't know if that was then a very obvious point, but the film was about the 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 colonialism and using the dispossessed. At the same time, I wonder, you know, how much money. They paid their extras when they were shooting that film. Yes. Um, so, so that kind of made me think, and I'm not sure if that's what what they wanted me to think about or not. <laughs> I thought about <laughs> um, it. Yeah. Um, so I don't. I mean, hmm, I, from from what I can remember, the film was dedicated dedicated to Howard Zinn or Zinn. I'm not sure how to pronounce his name. He he wrote. A People's History of the United States, which was the, the like a book which first introduced people to the to Columbus's uh, true legacy of enslavement and genocide. Um, so you know, I, I can see that they were trying to to kind of 
do a pa draw a parallel there. And um, um, basically a question, they posed a question, what moral cost um, is justified to create something special, to create a, like a work of art, the film as a work of art? What, what moral cost is justified to create that? Um, can how how far can you push and and how much can you ignore um, people's misery for the sake of your art? Because I remember the director. I think his name was Sebastian, right? Sebastian. Sebastian, yeah, that's the character played by Gael Garcia Bernal. He very played very well. So he said he said there is nothing more important than this film. Yeah, I think yeah. at one point. So you know how far. Can you go? I, I actually thought he was a bit like Columbus, you know. Yeah. I kind of I thought when when you when you compare the, the two stories, Columbus and the film crew, he was a bit like Columbus. Whereas Costa, his his producer, or uh, was it producer? I think he was. He producer. he was the producer of the film. Yes. Yeah, I thought he was. He was the priest. I can't remember the priest's name. The priest who who kind of first, you know, he 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 walked in. Um, believing exactly what Sebastian believed mm -hmm. but then he kind of started thinking differently um, and and his his morals somehow uh, well started you know <laughs> I don't know it's it's like yeah it's it's like the story of the priest um, who who started telling the Columbus and and his soldiers that they have they live in sin and they have They have actually they have no morals because they're using the sweat and the blood of the yeah. of the locals. Yeah, but there is so, there, there is a character transformation in the in, in Costa. Yeah. yeah, but then his character transformation was like you know this he's he's the hero who in his big car you know drives around obstacles to save a little girl. Yeah, um, but but the background of 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 his heroic act is the actual real heroic act of the locals who are, you know, fighting yeah. against an oppressor and their fight is somehow secondary yeah. to his act. Yeah. Because so they're just the extras. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, I so think, I think uh, that's, the, that's the thing about the film. Who is the, who's really the hero? And I think we have different heroes. They have the, the actual hero then it has like half, <laughs> half hero. Uh, or he, hero more in thought than in action, like it could be the character of uh, Gael Garcia Bernal, Sebastian, because he's the director, and he has good intentions with making the film, and he thinks his film can make a difference and can make can make a change and can you know create awareness, awareness and all all, all these things. But he's not looking at the uh, immediate reality there. He's not he, he he for him. It's just the obsession with the film. The film is what counts. The thing. The film is the most important thing, and he's a, he's a bit blind. Uh, but in in his way, he is a hero. Maybe in his mind. Then we have uh, the the character of Costa. 
Or is he a hero? Because he 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 has like complete like he doesn't really care about the extras at all, or uh, about exploiting them or anything at all. Uh, he doesn't care about what's happening with the water wall, uh, wars, and uh, he doesn't care about anything until uh, throughout the, the the story, he you can see a little transformation when he you know he establishes like kind of a relationship with these uh, people like who are taking part in the film, and then he starts. Uh, so, something sparkles there that says, uh, you know, we we need to do something here. Something needs to be done. We cannot just like uh, turn our backs to reality. So he's another hero in some way, but the actual real hero that was this the, the guy who is uh, right there in the, the 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 real problem and fighting fighting for uh, stopping this privatization of water. That's that's the guy. That's Daniel or Daniel. Mm-hmm. Uh, who is the na- native ac- actor, or the, the guy who plays the native uh, uh, Aboriginal uh, um, American in, in the film? So uh, dif- different heroes, and, uh, but I like I like very much what you did, uh, Susanna. There creating this kind of uh, paral- uh, parallelisms or uh, uh, between the the actors, I mean the the actual film crew and the mm-hmm. the characters in the the story of uh, Cristobal Colon. So that's, that's quite it, interesting. Is it a heavy-handed allegory, or is it just because you've been able to, I, you I, had the knowledge to read into that? I kind of agree with Susanna there. I, th- I agree uh, with you about the obviousness. So I think that's a a, a, pro- a problem in the film. But uh, there's something uh, I'm going to be talking about. There are a few other things I, I, I'm going to go through first. Uh, and the first of all. I, I want to go back in time to when I was a kid and I, I was in school. <laughs> I was taught the story of the discovery of America. And it was a little bit like a heroic event. You know, It was a very romanticized version of history. And it made me uh, to remind us that Spain was at one time the biggest power in the world and uh, a position that's held now by the United States. But the idea, the idea is that it was a clean kind of... Uh, washed up version of, of the story, of history. And the reality uh, we, we know now is was quite different. It was an invasion of a territory and the exploitation of uh, its resources, natural resources and the resources of the people. And, and the film shows how there are some things that haven't really changed since then. And it, in that way, I think it's very timely. And it talks about, you know, this... Poisonous corporate world that we're living in now, which is controlled by people driven, uh, not not precisely by kindness or love, more more by greed and, and power. And uh, so, it's basically, it's about globalization and privatization and imperialism and the, the uh, and the people, these people uh, who are uh, out there now resisting against that power, who are occupying <laughs> occupying places out there right now. And there are there are obvious parallels with the between the Spanish exploitation of Native Americans and, and the modern. A more, more modern uh, modern day struggle against multinational corporations and in these times of privatization uh even the rain is privatized uh, because they they denied access to something as basic as clean water you know what is uh, i think it's said in the film water is life so what what is next you know privatizing the air privatizing mm-hmm. oxygen and uh, so it's it's something that uh, it actually happened. Uh, when was that? That, that was the, the, they called they called it the Cochabamba Water Wars uh, over there. Wasn't it two thousand? That, that was um, I have it here. 
it, well, it was a, a series of protests that took place in Cochabamba, uh, Bolivia's third largest city, between January 1999 and April 2000, in response to multinational participation in the infrastructure and management of the city's municipal water supply. Well, the thing is that eventually they did win this battle. They, they fight for it and they, they, they won. So I guess that that particular story did have a kind of a, a good resolution. But, uh, there is this is something that's happening right now. I, I, I read, uh, I wasn't aware of it. I, I read uh, not long ago that it's happening in Madrid, actually. Uh, they are doing this, this platform that is uh, protesting against the privatization of the, uh, the channel uh, Isabel II. Uh, and it's something that the Madrid Assembly approved in 2008, uh, the privatization of this channel. And then, you know, with the votes of, of course, uh, Partido Popular, who is now, now in power, the right wing. And... Uh, so there is there is uh, something that's happening right now in Madrid as well in Spain and probably in a lot of other other places in the in, in the world. So it's it's very timely to to see this film in that way. Uh, I like I like to talk about the actors and the crew. Uh, a lot of people aren't familiar with uh, Spanish uh, cinema and uh, Latin American uh, uh, cinema, which are very often quite connected because they do a lot of co-productions. And uh, in this in this film, you have uh, Carla Lejalde playing uh, Christopher Columbus. He's a Basque actor that you might have seen it in films like Time Crimes and Airbag. And you have Luis Tosar playing the the producer Costa here. Uh, we recently saw him in, uh, in the film Cell Two Thousand no, Cell Two Hundred and Eleven, which has a review on the Tricycle website, so you can check it out as well. Uh, we have Gael Garcia Bernal, who plays uh, the director Sebastian. Uh, we saw him in. In many films, uh, it's also is very recognized for films like uh, the Motorcycle Diaries or Ituma Bien. And then they, they, <laughs> there is a di discovery of a guy, the guy who plays the extra, uh, Daniel. Uh, I think I think it's really good, but I th he's never been in any film before, so I think this is his first film, and I thought he was quite convincing. We have Ithier Boyain as the director, and she, she has on her record uh, 10 films as a director. But she was also an actress. She was actually in uh, Ken Loach's uh, film about the Spanish Civil War, Land and uh, Freedom. And then we have the, the screenwriter, Paul Laverty, who is a Scottish screenwriter who has written many films for Ken Loach. So they both have this uh, Ken Loach uh, linked there. But uh, yes, as, as uh, Susanna said, I think one of the problems with the film is the lack of subtlety. And Ithier Boyehin, I think she really makes sure that we understand uh, all these uh, parallels of these uh, two realities. And one example of this is, uh, for example, at the end, uh, the, uh, the producer Costa receives this present from uh, from. Uh, Daniel, and, uh, which is uh, not really what it is, but it, it's, it's it's all very obvious. But I like the part. I like the part when they are trying to film a scene where the native women uh, sacrifice their children by by drowning them in the river, mm -hmm. and the the extras refuse to do it. Uh, and it, I think it's a scene that works because it, uh, it isn't explained. And I think with things sometimes when it, they aren't uh, so explained, uh, they, they work better. Uh, you know, the, it leaves some space for the audience to to think about it. Uh, yeah, that's why it's, it's one of my favorite scenes 
in the phone. I, yeah, I would have liked more scenes like that. Actually. Right. <laughs> so it, it it does have these problems, uh, but I think it, it still has a a lot of value for me at least. But I don't know if you use it, yeah, just to to wrap it up soon. Uh, give, give us some final words. Uh, would you recommend this film? I think so. Yes. Uh, I mean, obviously, for people who actually like cinema and um, and it, foreign movies, because I mean, there's subtitles. <laughs> <laughs> How can I watch the film and read subtitles <laughs> at the same time? <laughs> I mean, I mean, it might it might just be remade in America soon, so it might, you know, who knows? I'm, I'm sure that'll be incredibly subtle. <laughs> with it, with it, it, <laughs> Liam, Liam Neeson playing Christopher Columbus or something. <laughs> it was uh, that the, the story of the discovery of America was actually made. Uh, they, they made a few films with the uh, centenary or something. Like, really, really, Scott made one of them. It was called 1492. Uh, mm. I don't know if you guys seen that one, but well, really, Scott always interesting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I liked it. I mean, it, um, obviously, you know, it. I, I would have liked if it made me think a bit more and kind of left me with a bit of a um, of a kind of a feeling that ooh I want more you know um, but I mean it, overall it's it's a it's a good film film with a good premise and um, and I I mean I quite enjoyed it. That's yeah. my final thought. <laughs> it's, def- it's definitely a very. Uh it's kind of layered. I mean, we we, we talk about the problems that the uh, the obviousness of it, but uh, you know there are in- interesting themes in it. You know, the imperialism that we talk about and the effects of globalization, and there are other uh, smaller themes as well, like corruption, for example. You know? The film crew mm-hmm. they they pay the the police in order to borrow Daniel from jail so they can finish the film, and then the, the, mm-hmm. there is also a hypocrisy. You know, the hypocrisy of the ones who. Uh, on one side, they announced uh, what's happening. Like Sebastian uh, complains to the governor about people's low wages, but on yeah. the on the other side, uh, they are part. They are part of the system. You know, they underpay the extras in the film. Yes. And I, I and I do okay. question myself as well as you did, Susanna. I, if they mm-hmm. underpaid the, the extras. Uh, in the in 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 the film, in the actual film that we we we, yeah. we were watching. <laughs> I I think it's you know it's an interesting film because it not not only reflects on the these troubled times that we live in now but also reflects on, on the on history and the how complex history can be and the, 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 there is always another reality to the official story another version yes. to, to history in there, there was not nothing there was never anything glorious to discovering yeah. new lands it was all murder and slavery exactly um, and cruelty and killings <laughs> absolutely um but you know it's glorified and it makes discover the the people who discovered those lands um into heroes uh even though you know they were nothing short of murderers and rapists and 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 thieves um but you know it's a part of a history and and they teach it it's in schools and yeah. you really wish that you know they taught you the the the, the, the right version i'm pretty sure things i'm uh, pretty sure uh, history books have changed since then, since then <laughs> since i was in school uh you know but you're right the history is something 
Uh, it can it can be quite uh, propagandistic and quite partial, and there is and it's repetitive as well. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and yes, film yes. pointed out because the, it's, it's history is happening right now, you know, and the the way the mass media is covering it is particularly partial and propagandistic. Just take take this example of uh, Libya and the 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 imperialist involvement of NATO there and the and the mm-hmm. Western nations, and they they can't wait to put their hands into Syria now because they are things going on in there too but you know the, the way that history is written it's always it's always it, it's always written by winners and uh, in the in the <laughs> film within this film we have the story of the of the forgotten losers or the forgotten heroes you know the yes. Bar- Bartolome de las Casas and Antonio Montesinos are the, the names of these priests here uh, these heroes that I never heard about <laughs> they weren't in my history books so his, his historical memory is very important. We know, we get a little mm-hmm. dose of that, and we that, that will shape our our perception of the world. And I think that it will also maybe change the the way uh, we address our present reality as well. And I think I think this film conv- conveys the, this and uh, much more. And in that way, because you know I I learned things that I, I didn't know. Uh, about like the water wars, so in, in, that, in that way, I think uh, it's more than enough for me to to like it and and, and to recommend it. Mm-hmm. Well, so I guess uh, I guess this is it. I think we can wrap it up now. This uh, this is it. Uh, this was episode fourteen of the Movie Wife. And thank you, Susanna, and thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mark, for joining this thank show, you. even if it was partially. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, for more, I'll, I'll try and be involved in the full thing next time. No, no, worries, no. Worries. Next time, you you you'll, you do the, show, the whole show yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that would be interesting. But there, 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 there is there is a lot more of a uh, mark in and tricycle. You have the TV column uh, as well, which is really cool. I really recommend to the listeners to go and say, check out his columns. So for it's coming soon. More coming soon. And more film reviews also on the tricycle.co.uk where you can read the whole latest issue of Tricycle Magazine for free. Uh, you can read it on your PC, on your laptop, or iPhone, or iPad, uh, different devices. Well, so Tricycle Magazine is now responsible for the content of this program and all opinions and views expressed on the show are solely of the individuals. Thanks very much for listening. We'll be surfing the wave soon. That might still work That might still work